Welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. If I'm not the fan, a reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. And in a surprising uh, twist of events, we actually have Sportsnet's Blake Murphy on a Monday instead of a Tuesday. I think we Blake can still Blake Murphy! Mondays? Wow, okay, an updated drop. Congre- wow, that, the, the level, level of dedication from producer Derek on full display. Yeah, Blake, uh, welcome to the show on a Monday. How you doing? How's your weekend? Uh, it was good. I uh, went home, saw family for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a music festival yesterday in St. Catharines. Yeah. It was good. A little tired. Are you wearing your hat backwards? Because I, I told you that yeah. some fans got mad at Alex for wearing a white sock cap. Yeah, I quickly, a blue me station. wearing a backwards hat is not my normal look, but you were like, people might get mad at you for wearing a white socks hat. I and, was joking, man. Yeah, Come on. It's, no, it's a, it's a great hat. Show them your hat. Come on. It is a good hat. It fits the outfit perfectly. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Noted White Sox fan. The backwards cap really gave you the energy of, um, you know, trying to fit in like, hey, kids. Yeah. yeah. I sit backwards on the chair. <laughs> anyway, look, um, this is already way too much banter because this show is going to be almost entirely about Kevin Durant, who is available. Um, and if you subscribe to the theory that Vegas knows more about what's going on in the world than pretty much uh, any other sort of hidden uh, institution, then it would tell you that the Raptors are second in the race for uh, Kevin Durant services. Now, Kevin is on a four-year contract that he had signed with the Brooklyn Nets. However, Brooklyn is imploding. Um, Reports are that they will trade Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook. They're willingly going to trade for Russell Westbrook. That's how much they have not enjoyed uh, the Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving uh, era on their team, which I can't fully blame them, quite honestly. It has been incredibly underwhelming. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant is available. <laughs> and the Raptors are, if you listen to the reports, very much in the mix. So, yeah, let's uh, l- l- let's let's start here because, uh, look, this is such a big conversation. We'll try to cover it in all the angles. And, again, there's the show's going to run five times this week at minimum. So uh, I'm sure we'll have cover these a lot of times. But let's start here in terms of like in order of which players on the Raptors you want to keep the most out of a Kevin Durant trade. Wait, so we're starting with who do you who you don't want to give up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Should we like address that Kevin Durant is still awesome or anything like that first? I think that doesn't need to be said. And I if mean, you need that to be said for you, then I don't know what to say. Kevin Durant is not declining, by the way. Kevin Durant... He averaged 30 a game this year and had a career-high assist rate. Yeah, yeah. so. He just missed going 50-40-90. Mm. It's a down year, though, Blake. Yeah, it's a down so year. That's a down year for, yeah. Uh, no, the deal wouldn't be without some risk, but this is where the package you give up comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, yep. So let's, let's evaluate this from, let's say, worst-case scenario. Kevin Durant comes, you don't win a championship, and then you have no assets for the future. Because you gave up so many picks and you obviously stayed in win-now mode throughout Kevin Durant's tenure. Well, what would make that a little easier? If you can hang on to Scotty Barnes, Mm -hmm. because as Durant is done, that would be year... Durant's last year on his contract would be the first year of Scotty's rookie extension. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of do a handoff of the baton there. And if Scotty Barnes becomes what you hope he becomes, you can maybe bridge those eras without having the downside that normally comes with a trade like that. Alternatively, if things go really well mm-hmm. and you want to 
extend that kind of championship culture and what you've built, Scotty Barnes kind of growing into a spot where Kevin Durant could hand the reins over mm. and it's less of a insulating against the downside, but more of a prolonging the upside. Uh, yeah, you'd want to keep Scotty Barnes there too. So um, Michael Grange has reported this. Everything I've heard backs this up. It's that the Raptors are operating as if they think they can put together the best package, even without including Scotty Barnes. Mm. And I think that if that's like only knowing that it's hard to come up with many frameworks where it doesn't feel very good. Right. Like mm -hmm. yep. if you can hang on to Scotty Barnes and that's, you know, that's internal development upside. That is inexpensive source of starting minutes and starting caliber play. That is bridge out of the Kevin Durant era in a way that maybe you don't worry as much about giving up so many picks yep. because you're probably giving up at least three first round picks, maybe four, maybe some pick swaps, depending on where the protections come in and everything. So um, if you can hang on to Scotty Barnes, a lot of your concerns about a possible Kevin Durant trade in a Kevin Durant era fall away. Yeah, fair enough. Um, now, of course, every conversation that Brooklyn will likely get into with Toronto will probably try to involve Scotty as much as possible. I agree. You could drag this out if you're Brooklyn, right? You could drag this out. Even if the Raptors have, let's say the Raptors have the best offer, mm -hmm. they take all the offers and the Raptors had the best one even without including Scotty Barnes. Yep. Kevin Durant is under contract for four more years. Yep, yep. And the offseason just started. Brooklyn could wait this out and play chicken and be like, okay, well, you have the best offer, but that doesn't mean we have to take it. It's mm. not an eBay auction. You know, the, my only thing with that is, okay, so first off, absolutely, Brooklyn holds the power here. I, I don't even think Kevin holds the power. I think in terms of who holds the most power right now, obviously Brooklyn number one, Kevin number two, and then past that is really whoever has the best package, mm -hmm. which potentially could be Toronto, right? Yes. Uh, or it could be Phoenix because it seems like Kevin wants to go to Phoenix. And I, honestly, Kev, uh, Phoenix could put together a pretty good trade package as well. They, they could. I, I would say if if we assume Scotty Barnes is not on the table, mm -hmm. Phoenix can probably put together a more attractive package than Toronto. The question would be, is there enough there still? Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, that's look, that's a very key question that you would have to ask in this case with the Raptors as well. And look, we will get to that conversation as well. So, Strictly in terms of what the Raptors will offer, I agree with you. Scotty Barnes is the most valuable thing that the Raptors uh, would want to hold on to. It, he is honestly like even when I just put this out for fans, just you know when the news broke on Friday, uh, or I think it was on no, it was on Thursday. Wow, okay, time. It, it, yeah, anyway, so it was Thursday. Oh yeah, when, because when, I was talking about it on my Jay's show on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why did? Why did he? Why? Why did Katie not just put that out an hour earlier? You know, I could have had an entirely different conversation. Because with he Grange. knew you needed a whole week of content this week, and I don't think uh, uh, yeah. the Raptors announcing their summer league roster today or tomorrow is going to fill five days for you. That was what Blake Murphy Tuesday could have been. I mean, I don't think but, people uh, want to hear about the undrafted free agents from UNC Wilmington when uh, you got potentially Kevin Durant coming in. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that people are as excited about. Uh, what's that guy's name from you? Oh, Jalen Sims, right. Mm, okay, yeah. Uh, we're just going to skate past that one. Yeah. No, but seriously, Kevin Durant and uh, Jake Fisher have been the MVPs of this show in terms of making content yep. throughout the offseason. So I appreciate both of them uh, heavily. But, yeah, okay, let, let's – the conversation. So Scotty Barnes, absolutely the most valuable piece mm -hmm. that you need to hold on to. Who is number two? So the big thing here is you have to have a team that's capable of maximizing Kevin Durant. Yes, I think that's still Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Vliet yeah, on, a, sure. on a pure yeah. skill set basis is a more natural compliment. But why is that? 
Well, just the shooting and the the ability to make himself a threat off the ball. Okay. Okay. Um, and the point of attack defense. I know he he didn't have the the best of playoff series in that regard, but mm-hmm. over the course of the season, he was an all defense caliber guy, and I yep. think that that at the point of attack is. I mean, not that you can't put length at the point of attack, but yep. he's just like it's very very easy to see Fred shifting into kind of, and he'll be better than this. He was an all star last year, but elite role player kind of in terms of like what's what's on your roll card. What are you doing? Um, but Pascal Siakam, like one of the this is the amazing thing about Kevin Durant. And it's why even through all the disaster, when Kyrie Harden and KD played together, Mm -hmm. the Nets had like an all time offense. It's that Kevin Durant doesn't need to be like, you're not going to use him the way you used Kawhi Leonard. You're going to have him run pick and roll and stuff like that and be a playmaker for sure. But there is no reason that you can't still have the ball in Pascal's hands a fair amount. And Mm -hmm. he's kicking out to maybe literally the best scorer of all time. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely in that conversation. Yeah. Like, literally, and the like, conversation at, is like him, Kareem. Yeah. You and I have Prime posted Shack. a lot of gifts or screenshots of like the terrible spacing Pascal had to operate within last year, especially early in the year. Yeah, yeah. Now, imagine in place of, I don't know, pick your guy. In place of Precious or Chris Boucher, it's Kevin Durant spacing the floor. Um, or <laughs> yeah. just like how, like you brought up the stat at one point during the season too that Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet were two of the most heavily double-teamed guys in all of basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't really do that if Kevin Durant is off the ball. Yeah. And if you shift those double teams to Kevin Durant, well, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet should have a much easier time. Like I have... I have no questions that this would work offensively. Oh, yeah. Me um, you're dropping like they cobbled together an average offense last year with very little rim pressure or, or event creation in the half court. Mm. And then you would drop in literally Kevin Durant. Yeah. And uh, on the flip side of the coin, I think I have no doubts about this working defensively um, because you could, depending on what's left over, and this is obviously a huge if, this is probably the million dollar question, but like, depending on what you have left over, you could have still five, six, nine guys that you want to play in a closing matchup, especially if Fred's going out in that deal, for example. Or let's say Fred and Gary are the bulk of what's going on in that deal and you receive Kevin Durant. I I think that's unlikely, but... Yeah, but you um, have OG Pascal, Kevin Durant... Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Precious and then Chua. Precious or like God, Thad or Otto Porter. Ah, God. Wow. Honestly, this yeah. is why people and have been talking about this nonstop. I'm not even kidding. People have been refreshing their timeline, refreshing Real GM, refreshing Raptors Republic, refreshing everywhere, nonstop all weekend, not enjoying their, you know, long weekends here in Canada. It was I, just I will say for speculating this. on Kevin Durant, though, for an entire long weekend is better than the year that P.J. Tucker, Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry were all free agents. Yeah. And that one dragged out. Uh, this was more enjoyable. It's a lot more fun to be, yeah. <laughs> give me your guy versus losing a guy. Um. So the other thing defensively is. I think something that gets slept on with Kevin Durant in general, but especially the Warriors era, Kevin Durant teams, he is really good defensively. Yes. And Brooklyn needed him to be their best defender. Toronto will get to do the, like, you can just chill thing. Like, how for, it wasn't until game three of the raptors Bucks series that they were like, okay, Kawhi should probably guard Giannis. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what they can do with Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea of him playing kind of free safety where he can protect the rim from the weak side with his length, or maybe you yeah. don't want him to bang that much. Maybe you just want him to be kind of a get ready to, to go and transition guy, but it's uh it would work. This is, I, I realize this is not uh 
this is not groundbreaking stuff to say getting Kevin Durant on the team would make the team better at both ends. But um, anyway, all this is to say, I would put Siakam next on the list of yes. no trades. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because... You need a secondary creator. You need a secondary creator. He would get, I think he's the guy whose game benefits the most from playing next to KD of anyone on this team, just because the space he has to operate within and having another playmaker who can, you know, they can create advantages for each other and build off of those. Um, But also he can then take the assignment that would be KD's defensively. Um, You also get the, it's harder luxury tax wise with Pascal Siakam um, looking forward but also, if we get Kevin Durant, I don't want to hear about luxury tax. Yeah. Well, no, I'll still be crunching the numbers because you got to worry about what mid level you have. Fine. You, you got to. This is the. This is why Otto Porter's contract was a mystery for a little while. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's segment two, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> segment two. Will um. Be but Otto no, the, the other thing is, is like, Siakam is locked in for next year too. Mm. Whereas you have to worry about extensions, an extension with Fred, or a player option with Gary. I think we're all in agreement that of the core pieces, like Gary is the easiest to move off of yeah, yeah um so yeah i would have pascal next yeah which I, I totally agree with i think anyone would say in some combination scotty and, and, and pascal are the most important players to hold on to is there any chance a deal gets done without them getting included and i'm, I'm saying that not in the sense of like we first thought we don't really know for sure what brooklyn wants we could just assume because they can literally demand anything um, we also seen Rudy Gobert get traded uh, in this for infinite week. picks. Yeah, which is like okay. I mean, really for Rudy Gobert, but I mean yeah. I, that's fine. Honestly, that's fine if that's what they wanted to do. But that but that does kind of help inform the market in terms of like how many picks this might take. Um, do you think it's possible for the Raptors to have the best offer without including Siakam uh, and and Scotty? Yes. Yes, I okay. think it's hard. Okay, but I so think what's that offer look like? It's probably like Fred plus OG. Plus, like, some sort of pick compensation. Yeah, or you could go OG, Gary. You need Kem in there to make the salaries work. And then the big thing is, like, the Raptors own all of their picks except for one second rounder. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if you start getting out to 2029 picks with light protections, those are big assets. Even if Brooklyn isn't going into a full rebuild, those are good trade chips. Like, we've talked about that unprotected 2027 Lakers first for, like, three years already because it has the potential to be such a valuable chip. So you can, I mean, Phoenix can do this too, right? They could throw a lot of picks at stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, it it comes down kind of to, well, does Brooklyn like Aiden? That's, that's the big thing. And do they like him to the tune of almost a max contract? If the answer to that is no, then you have to find a third team to route Aiden to who have assets that Brooklyn likes, because I think Bridges is in that deal. Bridges mm-hmm. is kind of the OG in that deal, if that yeah. makes sense. He's got a little more term on his contract. I think OG's a little better, but yeah. um, Bridges has more term on the contract. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you could put a Cam Johnson in there or something like that, but I don't think the Cam Johnson asset isn't close to the Gary Trent asset, even with him yeah. able to opt out in a year. So it really comes down to if they like Aiden at the max or close to the max better than they like OG with two years at 18 million plus a player option after that, you know, that's kind of, I think in these cases, the best asset is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right, right. So you could make a, you could have a debate about whether, which one of those Brooklyn would value more. Mm-hmm. Um, or again, if you can route eight and somewhere else, that could be big. If, you know, I, I don't know if Brooklyn wants to stay competitive, say in Indiana likes Aiden, 
Yeah. Could yeah. you get Miles Turner to Brooklyn? And then it's only one year of Miles Turner, but you've got bird rights. And mm. I don't know. There, there are ways to complicate it. But I think an OG Gary salary filler for firsts yeah. is going to be competitive with whatever else is out there. And if Brooklyn wants to remain competitive right now, mm-hmm. putting Fred in for OG or Trent right. trumps a lot. I agree. I agree. And by the way, they have a lot of incentive to try to stay competitive because right they now. don't have their picks. They don't control their picks because this is the other thing too. Okay. So th- this trend is happening out across the league now where obviously Minnesota has become the latest team to like surrender basically a decade of, of pick control before this, the, the bucks had done some degree of this with drew holiday. The Lakers did it with, uh, with, with AD, the Clippers were probably the first, honestly, to do it in terms of the Paul George swap, including Shea, by the way, in, in that in seven picks, obviously to get Paul George slash Kawhi, um, Man, I forgot that we're supposed to be tampering with Shea right now during the Canada basketball stuff too. Uh, we, the Kevin Durant stuff has taken us off the we, we no the main thing, no longer the main thing. Where this is supposed to be tamper weekend. The worst thing with OKC is now that like you can't you can't offer them picks because they have all the picks in the world, and then you also can't offer them good players because they don't want to win. You yeah. literally can't, it's ha- very hard to make a trade with OKC. All they want is want bad salary players. and. Yeah, that's that's it. They just want to be a recycling plant for the NBA rather than actually uh, doing anything with these very talented. Yeah. Did Canadians you see their, their summer roster. league roster? It's like their it actual be roster. <laughs> it yeah. might be better than their actual roster. Yeah, it's their, it's their roster uh, minus Shea and Dort, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm happy for 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 Shea and Lou Dort for to get to play with a competitive uh, environment in the last uh, week the or so. The bunch of Slenderman. <laughs> Wait until they get Wemby on top of that next year. Yeah, that's one that we'll be talking about trading shade for more picks. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, this this idea of, like, teams surrendering in lots of years of pick control, I think the Heat have done it to some degree as well. Milwaukee did it. I mean, like, this is something that's happening across the league. Now, the, the interesting thing to me is, like, we're in a point in the market where most of the big franchises have already, like, made their move. Like, they've already, like, sh- that's the one thing. If you don't have, like, immediate assets to offer – you trade like a decade worth of picks. Um, so the teams that still have that option left over are probably going to be the ones that will be able to land the next star. I think Atlantic essentially kind of did the same thing as well recently Yeah. Uh, with DeJounte. Now, for the Raptors, I think the part that's hesitant for me is like, do the Raptors, is that too dangerous for the Raptors to include something like you're giving four picks and some pick swaps? Because to me, it's like that is the lifeblood of the Toronto Raptors. Like this is an organization that does two things. They they. Uh, draft, develop, and then re-sign really, really promising young players, and they they make them better than what they were coming in. They, you know, increase a lot of value from the franchise perspective. And then part two is that they make opportunistic trades for when starts become available. Obviously, Kawhi was the classic example, and now they're in this conversation with Kevin Durant. If you are giving up four picks and also some swaps ahead of that, which is probably what's going to happen in a deal like this, it does not not cut off the lifeblood of what the Raptors organization is about. It does a little bit. And you're seeing the last couple of years, the results of that, right? Where they yep. did trade a little bit of that in for the Kawhi deal. And I don't mean that they gave up a boatload of first, but Jakob Pertl was a good young player who had just been a lottery pick. You gave up a first that became Keldon Johnson. And maybe you don't take Keldon Johnson. It doesn't end up being someone, but I it's like Keldon Johnson. Yeah, man. me too. Shout out big body Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so, Like, those are real things you gave up. You also gave up three second-round picks as you tried to lessen your tax bill. Uh, You gave up another second in the Marc Gasol deal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
so you start adding those things up. It's like, well, why are the Raptors not a deep team or they don't feel as deep a year like last year? And part of that is because you've had fewer picks to swing on an OG or, or a Pascal or even a, a norm in the second round. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and then you've just like, haven't had second round picks. And when you have, you're picking 59th, like yeah. no disrespect to Dewan Hernandez and Jalen Harris, but those guys are at that point, it's just calling dibs on an undrafted guy. Yeah. So you're starting to see that. And the team can still be good at player development and finding those guys. But there's a big difference between, Oh, we took an undrafted guy and turned him into a really good G leaguer who could be on the the call up radar, mm. or we took a second round pick and got late first round value out of him or a late first round pick. And we got late lottery value out of him. Like every one of those things is it's the same organizational skill set, but it's more impactful the higher up you go. So yeah, even sure. something like missing on a Malachi Flynn hurts a lot because that was your only first round pick for three years. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. yes, if you give up all those picks, it's a real thing. You, of course, do that. Like, if you if you win one more championship, you're fine with losing four picks. Yeah, Who cares? I know, I know. Um, but the risk is there, and it makes it more challenging to build out the roster around Kevin Durant, where mm-hmm. part of why it worked with Kawhi was that you had guys like Pascal and Fred and OG who were still pretty affordable, who could play rotation pieces for you, rotation minutes for you, mm-hmm. and didn't... Like, you didn't have to tank to get those guys. Yes. So that you still had the supporting core. You still, you didn't have to get rid of a Kyle Lowry so that you could get higher draft picks. You didn't have to get rid of a DeMar so you could get higher draft picks. You could hold on to that stuff mm-hmm. and then use that to improve around Kawhi Leonard or get Kawhi Leonard. So that's that's the challenge from a team-building perspective. Um, and, yeah, it, it makes, you know, Dan Tolzman the most interesting man in the organization if uh, if you trade away all your picks because, yeah, you need the next Pascal and the next Fred or at least the next Chris Boucher. Yeah. Um, now, I think the only the only thing for me is because Kevin's on a four-year deal, right, and I think a lot of people have – people who don't like Kevin for one reason or another. To be honest, like, it's hard to really know these guys at all because you don't know them whatsoever beyond, like, what reports are coming out and stuff like that. But, like, whatever. I get it. If you don't like Kevin, you don't like Kevin. That's fine. Some people would say he's obviously asked out of this Brooklyn situation. He left that Warriors team that eventually then again won a title years later without him and won a title before him. Before that, he joined that Warriors team. Now, it was in free agency. He had all the right in the world to do so. But I think for people who didn't like what that did to the competitive balance of the league. I totally understand. Um, some people would say, what if Kevin asks out again? And that's for me. I'm just like, assuming he stays healthy, if Kevin asks out after two years, if, if he had been with the Raptors, that's all of a sudden you get back that pick package. Not the whole thing, You, but you've, you probably, let, let's say you give up four picks in this thing, and then two years down the line, he asks out, you probably get three picks back for him. So like, okay, you've essentially paid a pick to rent Kevin Durant for two years. Yeah, and I mean, if you so, win a championship like, in those two that. years, yeah. or even, you know, yeah, Scotty Barnes gets that, that yeah. experience and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I would say I, I wouldn't bank like on... That's like a rebate value is what I'm trying sure, to say. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, you know, you're probably hoping for like 60 to 70% back because, you know, it's an older Kevin Durant. It's it's less timeline on the deal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you'd get... Like, we'll see where... This is, this is the hard thing when we're talking about guys like this too is like... There's never been anyone like Kevin Durant. So how is he going to age? I don't know. Yeah, there's no age. He's a seven footer who could shoot from all over the floor and is a really good passer. And he's recovered prolifically from a really bad foot injury and also an Achilles tear. 
So the fact that he's actually done that, it, it also kind of bucks the curve a little bit because usually when guys come back from this, like they're a, f- a fraction of what they are. Now, he did only play 55 games this year. Yeah, but that's because the Nets rolled him into the ground because he was the only good player on that team that was playing for them every day. Yes, he was playing over 37 minutes a game, something the Raptors would never do with no, their most important player. They would never do that to them, no. I mean, we, we look, listen, as much as we would joke about that, the Raptors also, you know, we, we did the pioneer the, the load management kind of thing. So we would definitely put Kevin on a load management scenario if he were to come here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't play. I don't know. It'd be it'd be like when Kawhi sat, and everyone was like, "Oh, Pascal can get twenty tonight." It'd be yeah, that's the Scotty Barnes night, whatever. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so all right, uh, there's so many other questions that really come out of this. Okay, so um, for me, it's like depending on how much you keep left over. Let's say it's some kind of deal that involves two of the three, right? Uh, Gary, OG, and, and Fred. And Fred. Assuming two of those three are, are gone, with what's left over, is that a championship team with Kevin Knight? Like, let's say, for example, your lineup is, I don't know, one of OG slash Gary, uh, KD, Pascal, Scotty, and Precious. Is that is that a championship roster? And then your bench is Thad, Otto Porter. Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher. And then whoever else. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not very deep. But that's always what's going to be the case yeah. in these situations. And, and the nice thing um, that the Raptors will have in their favor is like they don't they don't quite have a CJ Miles contract that puts you in the mix for a Marcus All type trade sure, um, yeah. if you need to fortify during the season. But you do have the regular season to evaluate and fortify if you need to. And yeah. um, you know the hard part is they made two consolidation trades during the championship year: mm-hmm. two guys in a pick for Ka- for Kawhi and Danny. And and getting Danny back and like you're not getting a Danny back from the Nets. Here. I mean, if you want to expand, maybe you get Seth Curry, but then maybe. again, you're you're really talking. But then about... you have to send out more money, exactly. right? And, and, and you this don't is have getting more complicated, money to send out. Yeah. right? So um, unless Pascal's part of the deal, then you can get creative with yeah. more stuff. But again, I think I'm he's... not putting Pascal on that no, deal. No, a... if you're if you have Kevin around here, I, I need a number two to go with him. Yeah, and Pascal's already a championship tested number two. Yeah, I'll, and there's too much load on. Kevin Durant to fully maximize him if you don't have that, sure, right? Yeah. So, um, but championship one point five. I think if you look at your top eight, you know, there's still the usual Raptor stuff to figure out of like, well, what's the backup point guard look like? Can you play nothing but six nine guys and Fred? Yes. Yes, you have you to can. figure all that stuff out. But you have that's eight guys, which is more than you had during the finals run, where like at one point that rotation was down to six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, Fred, and then, Fred, Fred was literally a half in that six. Yeah. yeah, and then like maybe one of the, you know, I I don't know that there should be a lot of optimism left around like a Malachi or a Svi, but like maybe one of those guys is capable of ninth man minutes. Maybe yeah. Armani Brooks is a guy. Maybe Delano Banton's a little more ready. Like, I don't know. There are still guys out there too that like, you could throw the biannual at someone if you're if you the Kevin Durant sure. trade doesn't push you into the tax. I mean, also if you get KD on your roster, you're suddenly yes. in range for those buyout targets. Yes, for Jeremy Lin and uh, what about Goron? Yeah, you could get Goron. You yeah, could, higher aspirations in Chicago. <laughs> Go ahead, listen, man. Goron could get bought up. By the way, why did he sign in Chicago? Don't they have like uh, like five six guards when healthy? Like, is he going to play ahead of who? I don't know. I I'm not trying to put matter. myself in. Goran Dragic's head, man. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's, um, uh, yeah, okay. We, know, we, we've given we've given Goran way too much airtime yeah. on the show. Okay, okay. So you're right. The rotation would be kind of short. However, it's gonna be it, short it, anyway, though. It's gonna be short anyway, and also like 
just the quality of that rotation. I think the only thing missing for me in in, in, in that kind of outline, where again the starting five would be one of OG slash Fred slash Gary, um, KD, Scotty, Precious, and uh, and and Pascal, and then you have your three other you know yeah. uh, six nine wings coming off the bench. Um, the only thing really missing for me is like you just probably need one true big. Do you though? Like I mean, Golden I, State I, and Boston just played an NBA Finals with nobody bigger than six foot ten. Neither of them played, Embiid. and I know Robert Williams Embiid's is still like out there, man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not worried about Robert Williams. No, no, I'm just saying that yeah. he is more like a traditional big, despite the height. Like he, yeah, he is a vertical rim running threat and a and a rim yeah. protector and a rim deterrent. So like, it's not fair to just look at the height. But I mean, yeah, you could get one as a change of pace or or an option against Embiid. But I don't think you need to like scramble the. To yeah. land one. You also just not you just need to make sure you don't play Embiid in round one. Because he has a lot of endurance for round one. By round two, he's usually kind of tired. And and definitely if you face him in round three, I think you might be good. Okay, yeah, I think that's look, that's an eternal issue. And honestly, I don't think that um most teams have an answer to that. That's just one of the the, the ways I'm thinking about this. I think the other thing is like how would that kind of team stack up against the rest of the Eastern Conference? Boston is the most fascinating one to me because I it's agree. kind of like yep. uh we bet that we're going to do this better than you and you just shut down Kevin Durant, but we'll have a better chance. Like we'll, we'll be better around Kevin Durant than mm. you are. So we'll definitely be so much better defensively than that Brooklyn Nets team. Yes. Like it's not even close. Like yeah. just think about that five man roster. Like if, if you're a coach and you're coming in to play that starting five, as I described, who are you attacking? I don't know. You put Precious in decision making. Like Precious was That's awesome fine. by the end of the year That's defensively, fine. but like, but ahead. like, yeah, you're not attacking any of those guys one on one. Nope. So the biggest thing is pick on the center and see if you can get miscommunications or breakdown. You know, you're looking at the third break, the third breakdown for a defense instead of the first breakdown. No, you switch everything. It's oh, oh man. And the thing too, by the way, is like, um, it's it's exactly the style that Kevin has talked about. Like, so Kevin has gone on other podcasts and talked about sort of, the, I think he has his own podcast too, the future of like what the league is going to look like. And, he, and he, he's on record saying that the future of the league is just like all guys who are wings. Mm-hmm. Essentially all Kevin Durant's, like five Kevin Durant's on the floor. Yeah. Now, of course, Kevin Durant is too talented for five Kevin Durant's to even exist at one time. But like essentially like some sort of version of that. And the Raptors would literally be the exact thing that he's describing. Yep. Yeah. And this, he's not I going to Boston. To happen, Boston man. would be the next closest thing, I think. And he's not going there. No. But was, wasn't, be, he, wasn't he second? Remember when, Remember in 2016, they did the the, the whole, he, he was in the Hamptons, he took the yeah. meetings, and everyone brought Yeah, their, Tom Brady went out there or something. <laughs> Tom Brady's like, this is a great basketball team. And he's like, are you on it? <laughs> are you the starting center? No, I think they brought Kelly Olenek and, uh, and Marcus Smart. Right. That's a... Uh, Damn, that's, that's a hell of a recruitment, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so uh, I don't know, man. I think that it would be a really fascinating basketball team. I think that that probably appeals to Kevin Durant mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he is such a like otherworldly mind for basketball. And I think, you know, look, a, a lot of the stuff for Kevin Durant at this point is legacy. And he's probably, you laid out all the decisions he made and, and reasons people don't like him. If I'm him... Like, I look at that, and I'm like, okay, that's done. Like, I'm not going to win those people over. I'm not going to be able to redo the Golden State thing. I'm not going to be able to redo the Brooklyn thing. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. And whether that is chase another title that you're the number one guy for or whether that's I just want to see if, 
you know, this vision I have for basketball can play out. Like, however, if he just wants to scratch that itch of like a basketball savant and, and someone who's like curious about the game, I, and do that while being competitive. I think Toronto is really interesting. Phoenix is interesting for other reasons because it's like, well, did me and Chris Paul miss out on a bunch of rings together by not crossing paths? Um, can I, you know, can me and Devin Booker just like change what spacing looks like when you have two guys with that level of three level scoring ability? It's not quite as interesting, I don't think. Yeah, by the way, that conversation. So if, if you're Kevin and you're trying to decide where you're going to go, I, guess, I don't think he has the most sway, but I think it's not insignificant either. Um, assuming, again, this is a, this whole conversation is a big assumption that Scotty and Pascal are not in the deal. Assuming they are not in the deal, isn't Toronto, that's a better team than what Phoenix can offer. Even if they can, even if they get rid of like their supporting guys like Bridges and, um, and Aiden in that deal, and let's say Johnson as well, like, to me, the, the Raptors have a better roster than what the Suns have to offer, man. Yeah, Landry Shamit, Dario Saric, Campaign, Torrey Craig, Damian Lee. Those are the kind of guys you're talking about in that. Bismack went back, I think. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, starting yeah. center. And Jay Crowder, but you know, okay. Jay Crowder at $10 million is probably someone you're looking to, maybe not looking to flip. But like, I don't even know why he wants to go to Phoenix that badly. Phoenix is not going to have a good enough team left over. Maybe he thinks he can get to Phoenix without like he's got Bridges in the deal. Booker. He's got to be like one of those Booker stands. It's like Booker is the next Kobe. Yeah, and Chris Paul's there for three more years, so he knows he he. You know, he, I I do he can wonder bank on seven points in a game seven. No, I'm more thinking that like has the Brooklyn thing given him a realization that he's not best suited for the number one traditional leader role, and having going somewhere okay. with Chris okay. Paul. Helps with that. And I'm not saying Katie's a bad leader or anything like that, but like Kyrie and James Hart, he, he decided to pair up with two of the most difficult personalities. So um, I don't know. Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe he loves Devin Booker. Maybe he thinks there's a scenario here where if Aiton gets the max, you can work the money out without losing Bridges. I don't know why Brooklyn would do that. Bridges to me is the most attractive guy mm-hmm. in, a, in a package from Phoenix. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, assuming Aiton gets close to the max. If if Aiton ends up at like fifteen million, then sure, that's that's better. But uh, four years of Mikael Bridges at like just north of twenty, yeah, is really attractive. So, mm. all right, we have talked about thirty-five. We have talked for thirty-five minutes about number thirty-five. Yeah, so that's this is this is really. Fun. Is he number thirty-five in Toronto though? That's Christian Coloco's number. Oh, I thought you were gonna say is he number seven in Toronto because uh, that's Kyle Lowry's number. No, why would he be seven? Come on, I don't know. He's uh, thirty-five, but. Uh, Christian Coloco, I don't... Uh... Okay, so... Worst case scenario, or, like, let's say it's the, this has gone on for another week, which, by the way, I don't think it should go on for another week because, like, the rest of the fragrancy period and the rest of the league is kind of waiting for this But there's to nobody left other than Aiden. Aiden's the only situation to resolve. I mean, like, Thomas Bryant is the number other two other resulting center. trades and stuff like sure, that. Sure, but, like, like, Thomas Bryant is the number two center on the market. The yeah. Martin, whichever Martin brother is left over is like the top wing. Yeah, your boy, uh, your suggestion for Cody, he, he did ultimately get the mid-level, I think. Or yeah. close, some, some yeah, portion of it. Yeah, he got eight per. Yeah, good for him, good for yeah. him. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. But, like, those are the names you're talking about. Yeah. So Even but, Javon Carter's gone. Yeah, you're right. I was. I, I feel like I dismissed Javon in a way that felt rude to Javon. But yeah, I'm and sorry, then the but, Bucks are like, oh, we'll take him. Yeah, whatever, man. The Bucks have 
By the way, they re-signed Serge as well. Good for them. Yeah. Good for Serge, actually. Yeah, that came down. I really we hope hanging. his back is good, man, because, like, it, it just really does suck to see him, like, so limited the way he's been in the last two years. I mean, okay. even if he's not, I'm sure that's that deal is probably for the minimum, and he gets to just be the, the vibes coordinator there. I thought that, what's the Nassus's job if, if that's not the vibes coordinator? Well, that's specifically for Giannis. Someone has oh, to, okay. so, someone else, someone has to entertain everyone else. Yeah, no, enough. Serge could come back. You get a full off season to kind of work on this I, stuff. I hope so. I hope so. All right. What's your final offer? Final offer? Your best offer. Your best final so offer. So what I'm, I'm putting down this offer and I'm calling Brooklyn's bluff that they like Phoenix's package better. Mm. OG, Gary Trent, Kem Birch, four firsts with no protection on the early end. Mm. And then the back end, I mean, you you haggle over it. But if you can get top five on the 2029. Sure. But, the, yeah, 2023, 2025, you don't need protections. Take them. Um, yeah, fair enough. You're going to be really good. Pick swaps, I don't even mind that much because if you're going to be good, they're going to decline the pick swap. Yep. And if you're not good... You, at least you stop you, and, and you have a track record of doing well with later picks. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not too worried about that. Like I would just, if you're acquiring Kevin Durant, I would much rather give up future draft assets than another piece off the roster. Okay. What if they say we want Fred instead of Gary? Otherwise we're shipping him to Phoenix. Yeah. I, I would get there, but. I got to send. When you take off one of the picks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're taking, and, and you're haggling a little harder on protections. Okay. Um, But it's Kevin Durant. What if they say you can keep your picks, but we want Pascal? But is the deal then just Pascal for Kevin Durant? Basically, yeah. Yeah, I think okay. you got to do It's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. It's, and it's not just that. It's four years of Kevin Durant. What, yeah. what if they say we need Scotty in this deal? In fact, we need Scotty and also Scotty's contract's too low. We need to add 30 more million to this deal, which means we're also at minimum taking Gary plus Scotty plus like Kim Birch. I yeah. didn't think that's enough, but I think you have to walk away at that point. Okay. Because then you're talking about you don't have enough pieces around Kevin Durant to really maximize it this year. Mm. So you're looking at, well, year two's maybe the year that you can really maximize it with Kevin Durant. So you're taking on more risk there. You don't have your pivot foot if KD wants out or KD leaves at the end of his deal like you don't have that pivot to the next era um i think that's like if it if we ignored all the cap rules you could find your way to scotty for kd and mm. justify it because you're very close to a ring or at least like being in the mix for one but when you add in that you also have to lose two additional rotation pieces to make the math work that gets really tough mm. what about you ah <sighs> Like where do you draw the line? You ask me what my what my offer is, and I'm I'm making that offer keeping in mind, like not saying this should be what Brooklyn is thrilled about, but it's I don't think Phoenix can top this. Yes, and I'm gonna gamble that you don't love DeAndre Ayton near the max that much. I'm gonna gamble that you don't love Tyler Hero that much. Oh yeah, I I even bring up Miami because like those are like oh we could throw in. Duncan Robinson, yeah, Max we, we can throw in Tyler all the guys Hero. who just didn't play in the playoffs. <laughs> who do they think they're dealing with? The Utah Jazz? That's not an appealing offer. <laughs> who do they think this was the Indiana Pacers? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who else is in the mix? I know Golden State. There were rumblings or whatever, but like, yeah, I mean that's that's just that's just for clicks at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, listen, everyone's got to consider it, and uh, 
For me, ultimately, I honestly, I don't know, man. I think I'd probably say the, the yes to all of those. Honestly, if push came to shove and they said that we have to put Scotty in this deal, but we'll give you favorable terms on everything else, I would honestly lose like three nights of sleep over it, and I'll probably still do it. Yeah, uh, the it's other, Kevin Durant, man. The other team that's it's Kevin Durant. The other team that's lurking in the odds is an Ingram-based New Orleans Pelicans package. Yeah, can they do it? I thought isn't he isn't isn't he also kind of like oh Ben this Simmons is the other thing that too? I wanted to mention. Yeah, um, producer, even, I know we we need to go to break. I know yeah. he's like he's real frustrated, but okay. also fans are dying to hear this. Yeah, so we need to hear this. Yeah, all I'll say is like I. If the Kevin Durant thing doesn't shake out where uh-huh. Kevin Durant lands in Toronto, yeah. I think there is a reasonable scenario where the Raptors are still involved as an extra team somewhere. Mm. Whether that has to do with who can and can't be on the same roster after, I'm not sure. But I think that okay. this is that whatever happens, it's going to be a multi-team trade. There are going to be a lot of moving pieces. And when you're already this deep into the conversations around the Kevin Durant part of it, you have explored all of that stuff as well. So... If Kevin Durant, if the news comes down, if the tweet comes down right now, Kevin Durant to Phoenix, don't assume that that's the end of everything. You're uh, saying the Raptors might swoop in for for Ben Simmons. I mean, they could. You're going to get him dirt cheap at that point because Brooklyn is trying to clear him to make another deal work. And yeah. Okay. I wonder how many teams he can play for before actually playing a basketball game. Anyway, look, we are going to take that break. So uh, you've been listening to the Raptors show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. When we come back, we will break down. Something other than KD, probably. No promises, though. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sports 590 The Fan. I'm your host, William Lou. Still here with Blake Murphy, who you can hear on Jay's Talk Plus um, right after this. He's just going to switch over to this seat right here. And, uh, I'm not going to change seats. Oh, no, I no didn't seats? do it last week, and it felt fine. Mm, okay. I don't have right. anyone in studio with me today. Yeah, fair enough. So. Fair enough. Um, By the way, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the reason I'm on today is... Will did the he struck out with his mid level oh. and had to had to circle back to lesser options and be like, ah, oh, would you take the biannual? Let's listen. We have two guests coming on tomorrow who are both Americans, and uh, it's July fourth, man. Who's coming I, on tomorrow? Uh, we got one of the coaches who um, coached Christian at Arizona. Nice. So I know people got really excited for Christian Coloco. It's nothing. It's all we ever talked about on this show. And then Kevin Durant's like, hey, I want out, and then like no one has talked about him since. But I definitely want to get to know more about him. So we'll do that, and then we're also going to talk to Andy Liu of uh, from from nice. from Warriors Twitter, who and he's going to tell you why the Warriors are going to get KD instead. I mean, he probably will try. Light to. years, yeah. But l- listen, uh, not the official reason is we're going to get the Otto Porter Jr. scouting report. Mm. Obviously, he was just on the Warriors, but the unofficial reason is I want to know what it feels like to have Kevin on the team, man. <laughs> and no one will know better than the guy who drove him out. Of Golden State. Okay, look, listen. But you got Ethan Stress on? Oh, <laughs> relax. No, no, no. I mean, this is this isn't one of those kind of programs. Yeah. Um. Anyway, before we actually move on, so you know, I did say we were going to talk about Kevin Durant. Um, of course, we're still going to talk about Kevin Durant. Sorry, R- real quickly. My only point is this: like, you have to understand that this is the way the Raptors get great players. They either draft them or they trade for them. That's it. 
And this is their entire philosophy of why you stay good instead of blowing it all up is that it keeps you – it is easier to make the jump from good to great Mm -hmm. than it is to make the climb from terrible to great. And you're more of an appealing situation because of it. If it's not Kevin Durant, and it doesn't have to be KD, by the way. Like, it could be another guy. But if you are one of those people that says, no, I don't want this kind of scenario, I'll have to ask you how good of a player and how, like, ideal of a situation you need it to be to make this happen. Because when you're talking about trades like this, especially with star players at the very top, you're not going to get someone absolutely perfect. You're going to get somebody who's available at that current time. And if it's not Kevin, if you're saying no to Kevin Durant, just ask yourself, who would you actually say yes to in this scenario? If you won't trade this kind of like opportunity and the picks and the and the prospects and God forbid if you put even Scotty Barnes in this deal, if you if you say no to this, that's fine, that's reasonable. I totally get it. But who would you say it to? And ask yourself that question because literally, I don't think you could come up with more than three players in the league. And also, those guys aren't going to be available. So, I go, oh, I would trade this for Luca. It's like, yeah, Luca's not going to be available for trade for like eight more years. Yeah. So. It's uh yeah. I don't want to tell anyone how to be a fan or or police that or whatever. And I know you're not doing that. It's just. You can feel that you would rather have 12 to 15 years of Scotty Barnes if everything works out well, and you'd prefer that to uh, a higher percentage but shorter window chance with Kevin Durant that has more downside. Uh, Totally reasonable. But I do think it's a good thought exercise to go through and, and like, a good kind of sanity check of, like, would I include Scotty Barnes in a deal for Giannis? Like, yeah, you better say yes. (laughs) The the answer should be yes. I'm telling you, some people would say no. Yeah. People love Scotty that much. Um, but and, and different, obviously, he's very lovable, man. Different so, priorities as a fan, different. I mean, look, some people might be high enough on Scotty that they think he gets to that level in time, too. So, mm, um, yes, you know, yeah. Why trade for Giannis when you have someone who could be Giannis? All right, listen, uh, we have five minutes left, and the Raptors did make three signings over the weekend, which should have been the bulk of the show, but let's be real. I mean, because the two of them we knew was going to happen. Uh, Chris Boucher on a deal slightly more than the mid level, three years, no, no options, pretty reasonable uh, bit of business. Great for Chris. He completely deserved it. And he's a very, uh, probably your best bench player coming back for next season, depending on whether or not Precious stays. But uh, uh, like in, in, the, in yep. the bench rotation or in the starting five. Um, Thad Young returns. That one we have probably already knew as well. Um, there's some incentives. And also the second year is, is a team option. Uh, there's flexibility there. It's a movable deal again. But also just a really good vet who will fit in your rotation, keeps your identity the same. The surprise was the Raptors signed Otto Porter Jr., uh, two-year deal. Uh, what was it, thirteen million? Twelve point four, something. Twelve point four. Okay, yeah. A second year is a player option, um, but the surprise, I guess, is that the Raptors didn't spend their whole mid-level on him. Yes, uh, and that is why I think it took a while for the details to come out on this one. Okay, is that you come to an agreement with a guy, and maybe that guy is like, "Hey, are you are you actually getting Kevin Durant?" And the team has to say. Well, if we did, would you take the taxpayer mid-level instead of the non-taxpayer mid-level? That's a big it conversation is a big, point, man. It is. We're talking about 10 versus 6 million. Now, I don't think you would yeah. have got all 10, but still. And this is where something like the player option comes in. Like the Thad thing is different where Thad's getting a higher sticker price yeah. because you get the flexibility of a partial guarantee in the second year. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Otto is getting a lower sticker price and he gets a player option right. to kind of give right. him some some ownership over that there. And we know the Raptors love their player options. It's their, yeah, it's their, it's whole their favorite thing. Surprised Chris didn't get one, to be honest. Yeah, but he, they guaranteed him a third year. What did we talk about? We, yeah, we were enough. cool guaranteeing two at that price and said, if there's a third year at that same amount, like I think you and I agreed two, 20, two years, 25 mil. Yeah. You, you were comfortable guaranteeing that. 
and then a third year you'd want a partial or something like that. And he did better than that. So yeah. why uh, yeah. why fight for the player option when you've already beat what Blake and Will said? Fair enough. Fair enough. And he we know, sticks we, it to the Raptors show once again. And we know this is the number one program. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But no, no we, we, we so we, we talked we, about we really embrace Chris now. We talked about teeing up the the offseason that between Boucher Thad and your mid level exception, mm-hmm. you had about thirty million to spend. Yep. Cap came in higher. Yep. So and between those three guys, using some assumptions about how the deals are going to be structured, we don't have the exact year by years yet. That's about twenty four point six million. Yep. Gives you a good little wiggle room mm. underneath the tax, if that's something you're worried about as you look through trades or something like that, um, if you need to circle back and add other pieces after a big trade that thins mm-hmm. out your roster a little bit, if you want to give Christian Coloco, like if he really blows you away at Summer League and you want to get a third year on there, you need a, a piece of the mid-level Can to do that. Can he Summer League without us having, or without the Raptors having signed? Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, usually you'll see that as a holdup with first round picks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think Delano Banton signed until after summer league last year, if I'm remembering Interesting. right. Interesting. Maybe he did. I can't remember exactly, but hmm. um, yeah. I mean, most of the guys that are in summer league aren't signed. Okay, fair enough. Fair so, enough. Well, yeah. um, yeah, Otto Porter, uh, we got a minute in terms of what he might bring to the team. I mean, yeah. reliable three point shooting fits the team dynamic. I think he probably guards up positions better than he guards down positions. I think so. Um, and I also think he's lost some athleticism, which is yeah, natural. The, the hip stuff with. that he dealt with, like yeah. coming out of that DeMar series where like back in his Washington days, he he like played through those hip injuries. I think that limited some of his uh, lateral stuff. But yeah, he's a good defender. He's six foot eight. He's another long guy. Smart. Another seven foot wingspan, uh, 40% career three-point shooter and high high 30s over the last three years. Yeah. Championship experience. Like he just played 20 minutes a game on the NBA champions. Yeah, I think defensively he probably plays three or four, and then offensively he probably plays two or three. Yeah, exactly, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, we would probably would have done a much deeper dive into Otto Porter Jr. if Kevin Durant wasn't available. But listen, that's what you're going to hear about in this program nonstop until this whole saga is over. Hopefully, it results in Kevin Durant joining the Raptors. But uh, yeah, that does it for us today. I'm your host Wim Lou, and you've been listening to the Raptors Show on Sports Five Ninety The Fan. Make sure you find the Raptors Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review our show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to Blake Murphy, our board producer, Derek Brandale, Jennifer Olnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. Uh, yeah, talk to you tomorrow. Probably more about Kevin Durant.